Um, so <laughs> let me just say really quick. Where are you? Why? I am. Where's my cat? I am going to berate you for not liking Blink-182. Because of this? Not necessarily because of this. Just in you a future episode. You sound like episode. Zach. You make me sick. Okay, no. Because Blink-182 now is obviously bad. But Blink-182 earlier. Then was also really bad. Nope, yeah, not, I know. Not even really bad. And I would also just like to say that I, <laughs> for, for those of you that are binging the podcast, which if there's at least one of you. If there's any of you, like, hello, huge shout out to you. Please and thank you. I appreciate you so much. I am now on beer number five. Beer number five, ladies and gentlemen. I'm on cup of water half. Yep. You are a much more level-headed person than myself. (laughs) Um, And so I need a little bit of uh, liquid courage to uh, address everybody. But... I am very, very excited to get all sorts of nostalgic. That was the weakest burp that I've had ever. <laughs> yeah, that was bullshit. That was some what was bullshit. That? <laughs> you know, I think what I think what um what Lucas is trying to say with his liquid courage is he needs to be able to smile with his eyes closed. I need so. I need to be able to smile with my eyes closed. And why don't you just sing for me, Jake? Why don't you, dude? God why? Why the it. fuck? Where you are? And meanwhile, right? is it we cold? Need to turns say, out, we need turns to say out it is cold. Goodbye where you are. to all of our friends. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. I'm just going to play the intro because we're already talking about the album. Yeah, we're, we're already on the album, right. so go ahead and just play the intro. Let's run it. Hey everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of A Decade Under the Influence. My name is Lucas Larry Ross, and that is Jake Lawrence. We are here in super snowy Albuquerque, and this is a twofer, ladies and gentlemen. Now, no, no, it's not. Just, 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 just don't do that. Well, remember we're releasing these separate. Well, listen, I'm doing my own thing. Okay. <laughs> so this, this. This, real quick, guys, this is going to be a new series that we're going to be doing on A Decade Under the Influence. Uh, it is going to be called, I believe, A Decade Under the Influence currently. Um, you know, part of part of the thing that uh, makes our show a little bit different is that we mainly focus on albums of the past. Um, but I also feel that it's necessary for us to focus on current albums as well so that you guys kind of have uh, have something new to check out right? Uh, currently is mainly going to be a lot of bands that you may not have heard of. Um, so that's kind of, kind of what we're doing. Uh, we're starting that and Lucas go ahead and take over. So basically what we, what we're really trying to do with this, with these, uh, episodes, uh, with the specific series that we're doing is we are trying to bring light to some artists that we feel really are kind of doing something a little bit different, really trying to bring a little bit of light to those artists, right? So, today we are going to be talking about bearings. 
And we are specifically which, going to be talking about Barings' debut studio album, Blue in the Dark. Then, like, this, let me just get it out of the way. Um, is, Barings is one of my favorite new bands of the last year, because now it's no longer 2018. Um, and, and I'm just super fucking excited to talk about it, guys. So expect to hear a lot more of me this time as opposed to Lucas. And so, you know, a, a lot of this podcast kind of in general, um, is based upon, you know, my year end lists. Now with a decade rewind me and Jake kind of collaborate on what type of albums we want to be talking about, what type of albums really meant something to us. You know, obviously he picks Pink Floyd. I picked the Beatles, things like that. Um, whereas, <laughs> uh, this album, uh, you know, is something that we both can kind of agree upon is just 100% phenomenal. Right. Oh, and it's, bec- it's become a work, um, staple staple 100% at this a point. Staple. I mean, like Lucas isn't necessarily even in the same area as I am, but I hear it, but he knows this entire album now because it's played literally daily, literally 100% daily. And <laughs> I will at least once a day. I mean, half of the album today was played twice. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and, and you know, that in and of itself, right, is a testament to just how fantastic this album is, is just its playability. You know, on, on a lot of the episodes here, what we're going to kind of talk about is uh, a lot of very introspective and deep and heavy and emotional music. Things that are not necessarily I want to listen to every single day. You don't want to listen to Swan's 40 minute track <laughs> every you don't single to droniness day. every day. Right. Whereas Blue in the Dark really does kind of lend itself to be a soundtrack to your life. Right. Something that you do actually want to listen to every single day. Something that you want to hide yourself up. It's truly it's something that you want to sing along to. It's something that you actually, um, you know, it's not necessarily one of the albums that you think of as like, oh, my God. It's had such a profound impact on me, but it does actually, whether you know it or not, have a very profound impact on you if you're listening to the motherfucker every day. Absolutely. And, and like the really fun thing is, is that just to give you guys a little bit of a, a little bit of a look into, uh, you know, our lives, uh, I am in a separate area uh, from Jake during our day jobs, right? Uh, however, I can very much hear all of the music that they are playing uh, over there. Um, and when, uh, you know, specific parts of this album come on and the group of them over in that area, over in that sector of our job, um, where you are, exactly things like that in, in my office, I will be like, why don't you just sing for me legitimately? (laughs) And, and that's really the kind of thing that I think really lends itself to how fantastic this is, is that they are able to kind of craft such a unique uh i suppose sound uh while still creating that type of i guess pop punk era of uh really just kind of memorable hooks uh you know crowd lyrics yeah yeah shit, shit like that but before we kind of get into the the meat of it why don't you uh introduce bearings yes so bearings uh, let, let, let me just say 
Blue in the Dark. This is the album. Please go listen to the album. It's really, really fantastic. It's available on Spotify. Um, it is 100% also available on Bandcamp. Uh, you can go check it out on there as well. Um, it is the first studio album released by a Canadian band, Bearings. They are based in Ottawa, Ontario, and this album has been released under Pure Noise Records. So, which Pure Noise Records um, is a very, very, very big label for the pop punk and all that kind of stuff back when I was very into the pop punk or whatever the fucking genre you want to be like story so far and, and Citizen and all those guys. Pure Noise has kind of always been at the forefront um, for me on those uh, types of bands. Pure Noise right? is the def jam of pop punk <laughs> or the sub pop of pop punk. Yes, it, they're the they're the inner scope of pop punk. Yes, 100%. God, that's 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 cool. Anyway, so <laughs> the group is comprised of Doug Cousins on vocals, Ryan Culligan on guitar and vocals, Colin Haynes Sorry, on bass, and Connor Kington on drums. And really one thing that I think is just so phenomenal about this album is they take that type of, I guess, um, regular feeling of pop punk, that feeling of kind of nostalgia, that feeling, the familiarity, the familiarity of it. And they kind of turn it on its head, right? You know, uh, you oh, know, and, and of course that on a decade under the influence, we like albums. We like bands. We like music that does things differently. That really kind of sets itself apart from, you know, the regular tropes of whatever genre it's classified in. And I think that Bearings absolutely has done that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like a, a very a large, large portion of this album, um, I find myself asking kind of like, who hurt you? Um, <laughs> and, and, and I think it's simply because when you think of pop punk as a whole, for me, I think of like posy vibes, posy jumps, newfound glory, pizza. Let's fucking just be as and I'm happy going and positive back as possible. To the lake with my parents yeah. and understand. I went me. down to the lake because my friends were having pizza and beer, and then I went and hung out with them there because <laughs> I really wanted pizza and beer and posy vibes. Yeah. Oh fuck! But this isn't that album. It's not. It's not. Um, but what I love that bearings has done with this album is they get that same familiar feeling, that same sort of like everybody be happy and excited and just keep it like they keep it there because every one of these tracks on this album, you can sing along to and trust me, you do, but the subject matter is far different. Lyrically, it's far different. And even tonally, it's far different than your average pop punk album. You don't compare this to the Wonder Years. You don't compare this to the story so far, right? This is an album all on its own, which is why we felt the urge to review this one. And, and one thing that really gets it there is the amount of variety and, the, and, and influences used on this album. I mean, no song sounds like the song before it. Absolutely. Right? Like it opens with a very raucous, like 
where you are, which is very like, you know, everybody fucking run around and jump into each other and try to jump on the stage and stage dive. Where you are sounds like a accompaniment track on an dirt biking video game in 2004. Which is good. Which is fantastic. <laughs> like right? That's a very that, good thing. That type of nostalgia of me playing my original Xbox, right? On ATV Fusion or whatever the fuck. <laughs> dirt. Yeah, the dirt original. Yeah. Or whatever, with that ragdoll physics. That's exactly the type of memory that is evoked by where you are. It turns out it is cold where we are. Anyway, <laughs> but then it's followed by Aforementioned, which is the, I guess, main single off of this album, um, which changes tonally considerably it calms down it's not as raucous and it has a lot of subject matter that doesn't necessarily um go with a track like where you are exactly i would not think that the two tracks are done by the exact same band which is so fucking good like that's really the thing i remember um i have a friend on instagram his name is at i take average photos shout out to you my guy Um, he shared this band in his Instagram story. I brought it in and showed Rico and Andrew and we all just kind of fell in love with it. But one general note that we all had was this doesn't just sound the same over and over again. Absolutely. Well, because then after I, after aforementioned you're followed by eyes closed, which is my personal favorite song. I think everybody whom I knows personal favorite song on the album which is kind of getting back to that more raucous thing, but it's also very fragile and it's very sad. It's got some very like thematic elements to it. Well, and also like the thing to me is, is that with a lot of emo bands, with a lot of pop punk bands, um, those aren't the same thing at all. We don't think that. No. It just kind of goes hand in hand a- at this point. A- absolutely. Because of the emo era in which like Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco took over as opposed to the emo era where like American football and Mineral were like the, at the forefront of everything. So 100%. There you go. Before the emo revivalist phase in which Intuit over it and like all of those fucking bands came around. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Algernon Cadwallader, come on. Absolutely. But the, the thing that I really kind of appreciate a spe- specifically about Eyes Closed is that like their ability to drop out, right? Their ability to no longer have the crazy hard hitting ness that they exhibit, right? Especially on tracks like Where You Are. And and they have that pre chorus of the, you know, why don't you just sing for me? That like that tenderness is really what I think I guess kind of sets this band kind of apart very similar to kind of like the hotel like year, right? The hotel getting, getting year back to that, like fragility. Exactly. Like that, that kind of fragility that the, at least like the hotel year ex- exhibits, right. Uh, in that they can be hard. They can be the soundtrack to the dirt biking game. Right. Um, but they can also be incredibly sensitive in the exact incredibly same good at balancing track. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that, and that, that's really kind of like, like, and another thing about this album is it doesn't rely 
on the pop punk tropes. This band is considered a pop punk band. Um, 100%. You look at anywhere and it says pop punk band bearings, but it's really kind of delving into its own genre, right? Because songs like Eyes Closed have that same sort of appeal and an energy as a pop punk song, but the same fragility and and sadness of like an emo ballad, right? Absolutely. And I'm talking about emo ballad like American football or like Into It Over It. I just want you guys, I just want everybody to know that <laughs> because I'm not saying like, because they sound a lot like Fallout Boy. Um, but so a song like Eyes Closed has those moments where everybody wants to sing along, but then it also has that moment where everybody kind of just wants to be like, Man, who the fuck hurt you, dude? Absolutely, man. Kind of like a Post Malone album of just like, yo, dude, Jesus Christ, can we just, you know, can we just calm the fuck down? Like, you were just so happy. You know what I mean? And and like, I even find that uh, because you know, one of one of the most memorable tracks, one of one of the most stand out ish tracks, is the title track on on this album, "Blue in the Dark." Blue in the Dark, and and the chorus on this track is just phenomenal. Right. Uh, but that, but that oh, exact yeah. same thing, what they really do is they create that kind of tenderness, that fragility, that kind of emotion. And then they incorporate it, which I think is fantastic. They incorporate it into like the kind of chanted lyrics that you would hear in like a story so far uh, record or like a Japan like the gang voice. vocals kind of thing. Exactly. You like know, they have soft gang vocals. Like it's like you can just imagine you know, 50,000 people just screaming that as hard as they can, you know? And we talked about this with Neutral Milk Hotel in that, like, there were specific things that Jeff Mangum wrote because he was like, yo, I just really want to hear people say this. And I think that what Bearings is honestly kind of trying to do specifically with, you know, pieces of their lyrics like this is... Take the audience, take the crowd, take the listener, right? And have them be vulnerable with them, right? Yeah, they want that, to that's have, what they want. I mean, they, I, I think, right? Like, like that's kind of the whole goal is, look, I'm out. I'm here, right? I'm being very open with you right now. I, I want you to be open with me. I want you to feel this same way that I'm feeling. Absolutely. And so with like, this track. in comparison to like a Japan droids track, and now I'm not necessarily equating the two bands, but with a Japan droids track, like the, you also brought up post Malone. We're not exactly, no, not, not, not at all at all. Um, but, uh, like with a Japan droids track, the, the, the gang vocals or whatever are always just like, wow, like that's not, that's not something that really kind of lends itself to emotion that's not something that lends itself to that nostalgia of like hey like are you okay and i feel like that's kind of what bearings tries to do with a lot of the lyrics a lot of the uh kind of tracks here and and to be completely well, and, honest, and the somber lyricism throughout this entire album uh i think really kind of does that extremely well now what you know after Blue in the Dark. So I, I kind of, I've made this album into two parts, right? It's where you are up to Blue in the Dark and then the rest of the album. Of course. Now, 
that's not to say the rest of the album is not as good is is not amazing right like i love the rest of this album but it's such a strong opener all the way up to blue in the dark that it's almost hard to follow right because after you know blue in the dark we and and after stuck in door frame we get on to the song that i feel is the most departure from the pop punk genre in general and that's a song called careless clarity now this is going to sound strange but one thing that we all said was that this song has a very like country influence to it now we're, we're i'm not a fan of country music i'm not you know and i'm not a, a savant either i don't know like all my genres here but i can't love it anymore because of that like i love that so much that on this fucking pop punk album i'm hearing hints of like twangy fucking country that completely departs from what i've gotten used to all the way up to blue in the dark absolutely right and then you get into another you know very very like sad ballady when you go to hear me say and then you get on to one of the best tracks on the album. And here's when the pop punk trope kind of starts to take place. This album doesn't rely too heavily on pop punk tropes. I've gotten that out of the way. This one, however, does. <laughs> and it's the acoustic track known as Tide. First of all, let me say this track is absolutely incredible. And though it does rely on the pop punk trope of like, let's have the acoustic pop punk song, you know, whatever. You know, you go neck deep or like the story so far never got bigger after they released their fucking acoustics. I get it. Um, this track was still fantastic, even though it relied on a trope. The, the lyricism was not nearly as much of like a stereotypical acoustic pop punk song, right? And I think that's kind of where this album is so strong is in the lyricism, it's in the, in the actual like songwriting process. And it makes bearings like a band to look out for. Absolutely. Right? Because uh, up, in, up until recently, I didn't even know about this band. And now I'm over here like throwing it in my top 10 of 2017. 2018? Because 2018. God. There you go. <laughs> I've lost the years of 2018. Um, and I feel like that speaks for itself, right? Because I can find other bands, and I have through listening to like Bearings Radio or whatever. Uh, and none of them have stuck with me in the same way that Bearings has. Well, and that, you know, and that comes from somebody who, who doesn't really, uh, love the genre of pop punk. Like I don't like Blink-182 literally at all. At all. I've never liked Blink-182. I like a couple Wonder Years songs. Like the, the, my, my vastness of pop punk is not necessarily the biggest out there, but I think that's kind of why this album is something that I can get behind so easily. And it's the greatest thing about it though, is if you are super into pop punk, you too can get behind it, right? Because it does still appeal to that crowd, to the pure noise records crowd of the, of the, of the pop punk posse kids out there. Well, and I honestly also think that I am a fantastic example of that. You know what I mean? Like I am not a pop punk fan, right? 
No, uh, not at all. You know, I'm the same as you. I only like a couple of Wonder Years tracks. Like the story so far uh, is good, but I'm not putting them on any year end lists. You know, I you're, you're not putting them on on a, on a pedestal. Exactly. Like I I look at pop punk and I think of you know uh, the hotel year. I think of foxing. Right. I don't. Which think is so of, funny because it's like the furthest thing to me from pop punk is like foxing. No, absolutely. Right. And that's really my thing is that like, I just, to me, I'm just like, I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm done with the genre. Right. (laughs) You're just, you're just like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like to me right now, sitting here, 23 years old, I'm good. Right. I don't, I don't need (laughs) to listen to pop punk in order to be okay. And that's one thing that I think that this album really, really fucking accomplishes is that I love it. Right. I really genuinely have a fantastic time listening to it. I think that this album is yellow card meets sea Haven. Like I think (laughs) that this album is incredible. Right. And so you don't have to be a fan of pop punk to enjoy it. You don't have to be the person that loves the wonder years or can't get enough of the front well, bottoms, that's, new that's stuff. That's the greatest or thing. Like I mean, whatever. that is the genre defining band to me, right? Exactly. Because if you can appeal to a wider audience, then you win. You're not just appealing to the people who subscribe to fucking pure noise records, vinyl, subscription exactly or whatever right like the people who will blindly love a band even though they don't sound good at all kind of in the same way that like you know both metal heads and indie heads love system of a down right <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly just because like system of a down is doing something different system of a down is uh you know creating an entirely separate uh thing for themselves to kind of ride on i feel that bearings is kind of doing that Right, at least in their lyrics and the way that they're. It just makes me very everything. excited for future releases from from this band. Like, legitimately, it's something to look out for. <laughs> oh, of course. Like, I feel like this album is a fantastic stepping stone, not only for bearings but for listeners of pop punk music. Right, just because. This album is so accessible. Like this album easily could be played on the radio, right? And and, and have incredibly wide, uh, I guess, accessibility. You know what I mean? If if people listen to Bearings, then they would find other bands like this. And then and then as they as Bearings kind of progresses, it will be incredibly interesting to see like how they kind of evolve their sound because there's so many different sounds here. You know what I mean? And and we kind of talk a little bit, um, we talk a lot a bit of, about how, uh, you know, we really, really enjoy music that has that era of authenticity. You know, we talked about this in our, in our, yeah, in our Beatles yeah, episode, you know, how this is the album that these people kind of want to be making, right? And it really feels like Bearings wants to be making this music. And it'll be incredibly interesting to see how they take that want and and what kind of path they go down based upon the sounds of this album, right? I think that this album, very similar to Japan Droids, is pop punk for adults, right? Pop punk. Absolutely, which is the wildest thing to me. 
Because you don't see like Japan droids signed to Pure Noise. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Well, and and I do want to get uh, a little bit. You know, there with all good things, there are some less good things, right? And one of those things is that I do really, really love the first half of this album more than the second half of this album. See, I 100% right? disagree. I think that the second half of the album, I prefer based on its stickiness, based on its attention to how is the listener going to react to this specific hook or this specific guitar lick, right? Sure. The, the kind of more um, experimentalness, right? Yeah. I just feel like the second half of this album, mainly it's just like stuck in a doorframe. I'm like, I like the song stuck in a doorframe. And I guess I don't like the second half of this album, but it is my least favorite track. It's the one that I'd be okay if it weren't there. Right. Um, but I see what you were saying with getting into that more experimental, like let's see what they think kind of thing. Exactly. And my mindset is simply that once you get, past blue in the dark it doesn't get any better no and i totally agree with that and i feel like that is kind of a, a common thing that happens especially with debut albums right uh you know at some point we are going to be talking about silent alarm by block party you know and so oh block party oh, block party and 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 i feel like even on silent alarm which is one of my favorite albums of all time uh, there are specific things on there that I'd be like, eh, I would evaluate that. I would change that. And this bit. is also possibly because I've listened to this album hundreds of times at this point. Hundreds of times now, literally. Absolutely. And, and you get a lot more critical after you've listened to something God knows how many times, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and like I said, it's not that I dislike the second half of this album. It, it's quite the opposite. It's just that the first half of this album being as strong as it is, is almost a detriment to the album as an entirety. And that's totally fair. You know what I mean? Like, but then again, that kind of lends itself to the idea of, you know, the, the, this band is incredibly dynamic, right? This, this album is incredibly dynamic in that the first half of the album is incredibly hard hitting. The first half of the album is incredibly, uh, in your fucking face, nonstop, Right. Whereas the second half of the album is a lot more tender, a lot more fragile, a lot more vulnerable. Well, and, and I think, you know, the in your faceness, there are certainly, you know, like, for instance, Blue in the Dark in general is not, you know, Beautiful Places is not one of those like, bam, I'm going to punch Absolutely. you in the fucking face. But emotionally, it is. Absolutely. And, and really, the ultimate thing about this series about these albums that we're going to be reviewing in this series is that we are just so incredibly excited for what bearings is doing right now and what bearings will do next. Right. In that, like this is awesome. This is a fantastic debut. This is so good that it has turned somebody me who doesn't like the genre of pop punk and made me pay attention to it, right? Absolutely. And it, it, yeah. and it really just makes me incredibly excited for, uh, you know, those individual things, those individual sticky choruses, that, that, that tiny little bit of fragility that they show 
um, the, the, the little bits of, uh, like, uh, acoustic, uh, ballads that they exhibit. It, it, it really just kind of takes the entire genre and reinvigorates my interest. And it really makes me excited for what they're going to be doing now. Right. Uh, absolutely. Um, that's, you know, I feel like that is kind of exactly the kind of band that we need for this specific series. Something that can be universally not, I don't want to say universally enjoyed because I'm sure there will be stuff that we review that's not universally enjoyed. Swans. Um, swans, <laughs> death grips, you know, Fuck stuff yeah. of that nature. Fuck yeah. Um, you know, or bands that I absolutely love like Converge. <laughs> absolutely. Or, or, or Ceremony. Like, you know, I know that there are plenty of people out there who are like, I don't fucking get it. Yeah. But this is one of those bands that I truly feel everyone can enjoy you a huge fan of like hip hop you can get tender you can get you can get close you can get you emotional can feel this and vulnerable. you can feel doug's like like vibes on this album absolutely even if you don't like anything but hip hop absolutely and that's you know this album to me is a 9.5 out of 10 yeah, I would and say I would give it a nine. I would give it a nine out of ten. One hundred percent. And it only misses that point five because I feel um stuck in a door frame is just a little bit too too detrimental for me. See, but, for me, it only gets a nine just based off of subject matter, right? Uh as far as the lyrical content. Uh, they seem to consistently be talking about, you know, a specific thing. And I would really kind of like that to be varied, to give a little bit more insight into the band and a little bit more insight into the emotions that they're trying to exhibit rather than just heartbreak or anything like that. Um, and that's and that's really it. That's really what the only thing that I think is a downfall is just the... Um, the consistentness, uh, the consistency of, of the lyricism of the lyricism, which, which to a lot of people isn't a bad thing. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, in fact, that probably makes it more accessible. Of course. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of, that, that's what we feel, um, you know, super excited, uh, to do the rest, to do more of these, uh, to do more of this series. Absolutely. And you know, for, for everybody listening out there, please go check out this album that, you know, these people are an up and coming band and they are doing some really, really fantastic things. Even if you don't like pop punk like me, give it a chance. You know what I mean? This, Seriously, this thing it's just is something like, check it out. This thing just, is really, 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 really good. You know, if, if you were that kid that loved yellow card, that loved taking back Sunday, um, this would be a fantastic way for you to kind of access that nostalgia and oh yeah and I, they, and they definitely delve into that 100 quite a bit 100 and i think that this album really does kind of reinvigorate invigorate jesus reinvigorate <laughs> reinvigorate yeah the the genre itself and i think that uh this thing is just absolutely phenomenal so there you go that is bearings blue in the dark uh, you know, thank you so much for listening. Really. Uh, of course we're going to be uploading a lot more content. 
Uh, we are going to be doing a ton more things in 2019. Uh, please go follow us on all of our social media uh, at uh, Slaughter Pops for my personal page, at A Decade Under uh, for our podcast page, at lrntz.jpg. Uh, hey, hey you did we it. got it. Um, that that's good that's, job, that's, man. That is absolutely a fantastic uh, photography page done by Jake. Um, and also, uh, go check out Jake's other podcast. I hope this doesn't suck. It's actually really good, and I am consistently surprised by its content every single time that he uploads. <laughs> and Lucas is super critical. I am as well. Super critical. <laughs> in in case you guys I, I mean, didn't know, I'm obviously I have super a music I, podcast yeah. where I am super critical. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys so much. We 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 really do appreciate it, and we have a lot more awesome stuff to come. Uh, we are about halfway through our 2010 list uh, for the top 10 albums of 2010, and we are just going to be consistently uh, uploading and consistently uh, talking about these albums. Uh, so we really do appreciate all of the support and everything like that. So there you go. Alrighty, folks. We're out.